Hey, are you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans? It's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just a couple of nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passion and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. We are the podcast that puts the fun in dysfunction. So without further ado, we're going to let our guests introduce themselves. We got, uh, we're got we going to go in round-the-clock order because, you know, I can tell time the old-fashioned way because I'm that old. So uh, we'll start with you, Terry. Can you introduce yourself to the listening and viewing audience? Yeah. Hi. My name is Terry K. Job. I'm a uh, audiobook narrator as well as a BB author. So I'll be more present in the future. Outstanding. And you, you, you're you publishing with Three Ravens, which is where we snagged you up from. And we work pretty closely with them because uh, Hillbilly said, I volunteer all of them. They don't know it yet, but I volunteered them all. So... And, uh, and we're digging the energy. You're not putting anyone to sleep, and I'm here for it. And then next, we've got an author with two personalities. Uh, she's probably got more, but we just, we're meeting two today because she publishes under two names. So can you introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I'm Janet S. Brown or Jenna Ray, depending on what you're reading. Uh, Jenna S. Brown writes nonfiction about the great world of self-publishing, how, how to do it and why I think you should. And Jenna Ray writes the weird and the wonderful with smoochies. So we hit urban fantasy, which is right appropriate for this. A little bit of fantasy, a little bit of science fiction and all the kissing. Okay. And then we've got returning guest. Maddie Stabby. I try to make it sound scary, but I just sounded like I was hiccuping or something. I need to do better voice effects. All right, Nick, put that on the to-do list. We got to take classes. Uh, Maddie, can you do better? You could do better. You could do better. I I I promise next time you come on, I will do better voices. But can you introduce yourself again? Uh, Hi, I'm Maddie. I am on my way to becoming a screenwriter, and when I do, I'm going to be a better version than Wes Craven. We all know that. That's a bold statement. It is a bold um, statement. Humble and modest. modest. Everyone says so. (laughs) Are you going to be okay, uh, Maddie Stabby? See, Maddie and Madam, you're messing me up on purpose. You picked that name just because, didn't you, Maddie? You were like, I'm going to confuse this JR guy. You you guys are in cahoots. I knew it. No, she, just, she wants to be me. She wants to be me. Ooh, that's oh, also a bold statement. I dig it. All right. So, family drama. Stabby Jr., you have answered this question already. So, we're going to let our guests answer the question. Uh, the Well, we already said how we found them. So, the religion question. Are you guys ready for this? Ready for anything. Star Wars, Star Trek, or Firefly? Star Wars. Firefly. Brown coats forever. Brown coats forever. All right. Defend your answers, ladies. Ooh. Unification Day was not too long ago. And I was not happy about it. <laughs> well, I defend my answer because Star Trek was always just a little bit too involved for me to get into. I've never actually seen Firefly, though I hear it's awesome. One of these days, I am going to watch Blasphemy. it for that reason. Blasphemy! Ah, but Star Wars has a great story. And, you know, I like the, th- the storyline of the third trilogy. Fight me. No, okay. Space Wizards and Space Samurais. I'm, yeah. I was all in. <laughs> okay and because we are polytheistic here at the blasters and blades podcast game of thrones wheel of time or lord of the rings oh lord of the rings every time same lord of the rings 
we got to switch that question up, man. Everyone I says just, Lord of the Rings. I think I think the question has been undeniably answered across the board. Yeah, we, yeah, we just and, finished a reread, and yeah, any any doubts I had were quashed. Not that I had many. Yeah, but it's just when you look for iconic, Game of Thrones is one of those iconic properties. Wheel of Times is one of those iconic properties. So is Lord of the Ring. I couldn't find a fourth option that was as iconic as those three, but it's unfair to put uh, George R. R. Martin or um, oh, drawing a blank, Robert Jordan against uh, Tolkien. It's just not fair. So well, I don't know. Listener, if you've got a substitute for the for the official religion question to replace Lord of the Rings, so they they it's fair. You know, send us a note, and uh, you can email the show because Maddie Stab or Maddie, Madam Stabby Stab has an official email now. It's all linked in our link tree, so you can email her with ideas. You could do more than just harass her with hate mail. You can send like nice stuff too, like I a good job. It, I find it so funny that Jr. is all of a sudden calling me Madam Stabby Stab now that Maddie is on here. He's always just called me Stabby. Uh, it's too close together. You're breaking my brain, okay? Yeah. All right. So uh, that's yeah. a fair. And be because we are not knuckle-dragging troglodytes anymore, we have retired from our army ways. Coffee or tea, and how do you take it? Coffee, very specifically. Like, I won't have it in a hotel room usually because it's not what I want. Okay. I like nice. How do you want it? Uh, usually a flavored coffee, stevia, not sugar, sometimes creamer, sometimes not. Depends on what the flavor is. Okay. She's just, she's just a gentle push from straight black coffee. Like our souls. Like our souls. <laughs> All right. What about you, Jenna? Diet Dr. Pepper. I, I'm a soda girl. I get my caffeine cold and well. Secret option three. Secret Dr. option Pepper. three. As a as a transported uh, Texan, I have to agree. Plano, yep. Texas. Yep, that Dr Pepper is it's the shiznit. I concur. Coca Cola, no, no, blasphemy! Get that thing out of here. Is it, is no, it at least uh, my favorite memes are the ones that are like, until you put the, uh, I don't want you to make any new Coke flavors until you put the cocaine back in it. Yeah, exactly. Cane sugar and the cocaine. <laughs> Yeah, we tried the latest thing developed by AI. Disgusting. It it's it's like cotton candy and soda, and it's really really bad. Oh, that so sounds right. terrible. We we went oh. right back to the real soda. Yeah, drink diet calories are. Oh, a go thing. ahead, man. I was say diet coke because calories are a thing. Um, and the way I like my coffee is just unfortunately not the most calorically friendly. They brought back diet decaf. Coca-Cola in the gold can. And when I saw it in the store, I was instantly transported to 1986 because my mom drank the hell out of that growing up. <laughs> I need the caffeine. Like caffeine like, free is just, no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all it is is bubbly, useless water. You know, Basically. And it doesn't even hydrate you. Well, I mean, they took the caffeine out, so I guess no longer a diuretic. So yeah, I guess I maybe. I yeah. We'll have to put that it. one to the, to the docs. They can weigh in if it counts. Um, I, I might yeah. buy a can just to relive some memories. <laughs> hey, Dr. But, Pepper uh, yeah. has the caffeine-free too. You can do caffeine-free diet, Dr. Pepper, and then you got flavor, and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Stabby, has has your 
has your coffee arrived yet? No. Uh, it's, it shipped. it's shipped today, so it'll probably be here Saturday. So if you haven't heard, <clears throat> we are officially uh, affiliated with Coffee Brand Coffee. And uh, after we ordered samples, because we weren't going to shill anything we hadn't tried ourselves, uh, their coffee was so good. I was sold. So I, I told the uh, uh, Stabby family that they were just stuck agreeing to it. But they ordered samples, too, because they don't want to show what they haven't tried. But, oh, my goodness, their flavored coffees are delicious. And even cooler, it's not a drop shipping deal, like where people, like, go to one company and, like, 12 different people are putting their label on it and buying it. Uh, and then it ships from the, you know, off-site factory. This guy actually built his own coffee roasting plant, the whole nine yards. And the s'mores coffee, it's one of his regular runs with a little bit of creamer. Oh, my God. It's decadence in a cup. JR loved that coffee so much that I saw his O face. That way we can yeah, keep family it, friendly. I'm just telling you, face. it was so good I had to go to confession afterwards. You know? La la. I mean, it was just like, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. It should have been called horny brand coffee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, he was, he was horny for that coffee. Coffee brand coffee. Now, what's next? Water brand water and, I don't know, chocolate brand chocolate. Like, come on. You, you Dude, could have done we could totally thing. sell that. We'll put it in, like, uh, paper cartons like milk, like they give you on the airplane. <laughs> water brand coffee. And it's they just it's just straight up. What? Really? Yeah. Damn it. That was my million dollar A. Ah, all right. All I'm right, going to be right. poor forever. So, Maddie, uh, Stabby Jr., have you changed your answer about how you drink it? Coffee, tea, or what? You have a um, okay. Um, <laughs> honestly, I I've, I've been liking tea more than coffee lately. So tea, <laughs> tea, uh, sweet and tea. Um, specifically, specifically <laughs> from Canes. What's that? The chicken Canes? place. The, yeah, the chicken place. place. They have amazing uh, sweet tea. I hope All right, that's acceptable. In Louisiana. I hope they know how to make sweet tea. Raising Cane started in Louisiana. Baton Rouge Beef. Says that bon. Mm-hmm, that good. <laughs> it started on the very first one opened on LSU campus. I spent a little bit of time in the South. I love it. Yeah, uh, I'm digging it. Uh, we called it table wine. Uh, when Table I was in the South, because it was, and they wanted it thick enough with the with the sugar that it was damn near molasses, and then hold the spoon up. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm. I, I, unfortunately, diabetes is a thing, and I just can't do that no more. Diabetes. Running half marathons every week. Well, when it starts, the sugar starts going down. You got to take that jug and just swirl it around a little bit, give a little little kickstart to the heart. <laughs> so I started buying Maddie Cokes. I started buying Maddie Cokes when she was really little. It was it started out as a joke. So my government name is spelled funny. So we could never find my name on a Coke bottle. Well, her mom's name is also spelled funny. And so we can't find it on a Coke bottle. So starting when she was like seven years old, I'd show up with all the bottles that said Maddie. Because she's the only one that would get Coke bottles with their name on it. Oh, we're talking about Coke bottles. Okay. Yeah, because that's how she, her little Coke addiction started. Little Cokehead. Little Cokehead. <laughs> that means something else in the city. But uh, with that being said, we are a family-friendly show. So if you read 
the title. Uh, it's Spooktober, otherwise known as October. And I don't know if you know this, but Stabby is a fan of all things spooky Halloween-ish. She dresses up every year. She likes to kill people. I mean, watch videos of people being killed. I mean, she likes horror. She likes horror. I, I was going to get it right eventually. Horror. Gotta make sure you get all the R's in there. We got some horrors in this, this house. This family friendly, so we're gonna go with yes. We're all smile and nod, people, smile and nod. Yep. So uh we but you know, we started thinking about all the cool things we could talk about for October and just went a little overboard. So this month you'll get to hear us talk about or you have already heard, depending on the order you listen, uh paranormal, zombies, urban legends. We haven't done that one yet. Or that yeah, one. But their creature feature, we've got a lot going on. Uh, we started with splashers, right? Yeah, we did, but that's not the order they're necessarily airing in. No, 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 I get it. I just want to let everybody know where the jumping off point was. Yeah, so we, we decided, you know, it got to be fun. And then I got a bright idea, and it's really Rob Howell's fault. And he was like, hey, we've got this paladin story. And I got this bright idea of what would happen if a Templar became a vampire. Because, you know, there's lots of ways that could go wrong. And religion and stuff and then i started thinking man i really need to research this whole paranormal urban fantasy stuff did you know there's a book with all the lores like written together from like every culture that had vampires yeah I, i'm looking at it and totally buying it for research purposes and not just because i'm a nerd absolutely uh -huh, sure. it's a business expense in air quotes people i get to write it off of my taxes. so uh so we started talking about all the things and here we are so Stabby, you suggested the paranormal as one of our topics because you picked our horror topics for the month. So what about this appeals to you? And uh, we'll go from that as our jumping off point. Unmute yourself. <laughs> um, my whole thing when it comes to paranormal, it has to do with, how do I say? The, the unknown. Spirits. The unknown. Like, you don't know what is knocking the pictures down in your hallway? You don't know what's opening your cabinets. You don't know what's stacking your furniture in strange ways. Is it a ghost, a demon, a poltergeist? Like, you just don't know. So you have to figure it out. And then you have to figure out how to beat it. So it's definitely, it's definitely a lot of fun. And then I like when they roll with it. Like, they really go balls to the wall. One of my favorites is Poltergeist. And when I started finding out the fun facts in the background of that movie, I was like, man, I would have screamed and yelled too. Because some of the stuff in there, man, I'm telling you, I, I would have been the most scared actress, but also like the most hyped man that wanted to. I've been like, this is awesome, but also y'all suck. <laughs> you threw nachos at somebody. I did. You but told that story already, so we'll save that one for the other episode. Yeah. So, but, yeah. So, what about when I when I put the episode in an open call in both the uh, Blasters and Blades Facebook group and the Three Ravens group? Uh, you ladies, Terry and Jenna, answered and said, "Yes, absolutely, sign me up now before anyone else could." So, you both it's can tell us what it is about the paranormal you guys love, and then we'll come to you last but not least, Maddie. Go ahead, Terry. Take it away. Okay. Uh, well, I grew up listening to a lot of like Stephen King books. My mother was a librarian, and one day she gave me a book on tape that wasn't working because I was listening to a lot of those at the time. And she's like, figure out what's wrong. And I'm like, 
or where it is. I'm like, okay, that was, I think the drawing of the three uh, of his dark tower series. So I found the spot and it's like, this is kind of a cool story. So I kept listening to that branching out into some of his other stuff. And I, I just liked the way that Stephen King did a lot of his paranormal stuff, like storm of the century, watching that series. Uh, my absolute favorite bag of bones, the book, not the show. Mm. <laughs> I have a soapbox about that. Uh, but that kind of thing just kind of spoke to me in a lot of ways. Sweet. Let's see. I was haunted oh, for years, and that was fun. Um, I, I had a ghost that followed me around from house to house, and it didn't go away until I got my cat, and the, the cat took care of it. So that that was a fun paranormal thing and then i am an old school wizards of the coast vampire all all of the all the different spheres i mushed for years multi-user shared hallucination online role playing and just really got into the paranormal and then i'm a paranormal reader i'm a paranormal writer i like the whole i i like I, and I'm seeing more of these. I like both the the magic is hidden next to us, but I'm also starting to dig some of the ones where it's out and you have to figure out how does our normal humanity react to that? And the answer is generally not well. And so yeah. those are fun to kind of go along and go, Who, who's going to sign up for the first, you know, let, let's watch people shift and who's going to try to run them out of town on a rail? And you get so many personalities in there. So I, I'm a big fan. I think we got a good panel going. I think so too, Maddie. No, hold on, hold on. Speaking of um, who's going to be first, this is announced. We're recording this the day that Elon Musk has announced that they're going to be doing live trials for Neuralink. And I imagine my reaction to what you said will be much like my reaction to that. Like, not only no, but hell no, because I can see a billion ways this goes wrong. Have oh yeah, that's why it's fun. Man? What's that's that? Cool. The Lawnmower Man. Have you not seen that? Yeah, it's it doesn't end well. No good will come of it. I volunteered. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, this is why we're best friends. Here's tribute. So, uh, Maddie, Gabby, Junior, what is it about the paranormal that you like so much? Um, honestly, when I was younger, uh, starting way back when I first got showed something about the paranormal, my sister, she showed me this show this whole show um, about paranormal things. So I kind of, I fell in love with it and it, it, it's what helped me lead into my uh, my love for horror. Just watching it and seeing all the like, I guess you could say spooky things about it. It was just so interesting, so intriguing to me. So I kept wanting to like watch more and learn more like, oh, like what's what's making per se this ghost like angry, you know? I, I just wanted to learn more because it was very interesting. So, what show was it? Ghost Adventures. It was Scooby Doo. No demons. <laughs> it was Scooby Doo. <laughs> I mean, you could consider Scooby Doo the 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 first, but the actual real would be Ghost Adventures because that's been running for the longest well, time. It was always Old Man Withers. <laughs> Those meddling kids. <laughs> those meddling kids. I was just about to say that, Stabby, but then I forgot I was on mute because I was coughing. Yeah, and oh, I, I, I just wanted to learn more. It looked so interesting. It's like they had to go into the depths to see what was going on, like why this is happening. So it, it kind of just intrigued to me. I think it came more 
naturally, I guess. Ghost Adventures with Zach Bagans, right? I still watch that to this day. I'm waiting for the new season. Just yeah. like Brave Encounters. The fact that they all live in Las Vegas doesn't do nothing for you, right? I I have very big hopes. I will run into them one day. <laughs> very Make big sure hopes. Make sure you approach them, say, yo, demons, it's a girl. Well, have you, you seen know, the... Have you seen the meme where it's got the Ghostbusters and the Scooby-Doo van? And uh, there's one other car I didn't recognize, and it's all at a gas station. You're like, oh, shit, just it was got baby. real. Yeah, it, it's its baby. It's, it's the Winchester Impala. I don't... Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, there's a... I couldn't use it because it's it was uh, not in the Creative Commons. But uh, yeah, I saw that, and I was like, that's a, like the yeah. perfect image for this episode. Mm. Like, oh, so no, this I... Haunted, haunted. haunted. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that. I will, uh, you, I, will get, I will get it to Stabby and she will get it to you. Yeah, you'd have to uh, send it to me. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. All right, so that's a that's a cool origin story. I wouldn't have considered Scooby-Doo as a launching off point, but, but I could definitely see it. I, I don't know how I didn't see it before, but it seems so obvious now. Stabby this is just like, had to say stuff. something. <laughs> she had no, to say something. Hey, it's so where getting, I started legitimately because you were not old enough to remember when they first came out and I am. So legitimately, Scooby-Doo, Buffy, you, you gotta get your, your Vampire Slayer in there. I mean, that, oh my goodness, great Buffy, media. Love Buffy Buffy. Had the, the movie had the best death scene ever. <laughs> That's like, true. At the end, was that, I don't think that was even scripted. I think he was just effing around and having fun. Yeah, it's a, what they call just a hot take. Yep. Yeah. He just kept the film rolling. He's like, ugh. So, so now that you've heard her answer, Terry, was there was there anything from your childhood that pops up that might have uh, caught your attention? Uh, a real life thing actually came back to me. Uh, my dresser did a weird thing one night, just the one time. So my room was a mess. Like you walked in the door and four feet away was my bed perpendicular to the door. I was rearranging badly. <laughs> <laughs> and just not cleaning it. Uh, there, I had a bookcase against the wall at the head of the bed and the dresser in front of it. So I couldn't actually access the bottom shelves, right? The dog liked to sleep at my bed. So between me and the door. Well, one night I'm asleep and I hear this crash noise, like very close. I'm like, what? What? What happened? Mom came in a minute later and turned on the light. And my dresser had tipped, but it had tipped bottom out. Like something had got behind the dress between the dresser and the bookcase and shoved it outward. So the dog couldn't have done it. It was a heavy dresser. I don't think I could have done it. So just one of those, huh? That's weird. You know, it's funny because I think everybody has that, that when I was a kid story. Um, mine was, I was like, 12 or 13 years old, I woke up in the middle of the night, had to go to the bathroom, and the way our house was set up was the bathroom was here, and then literally out the door, down the hallway, you can see everybody's room, like everybody's doorways. And my mom's was the very end of the hall, and I could see the head of her bed, so I could see her sleeping. Always felt safe going to the bathroom. <laughs> she could see mom. So I came out was doing my business, sitting there in the dark bathroom, looked down the hallway, and I saw my great-grandfather leaning over my mom, kissing her on the forehead. 
that man had been gone for a couple decades at that point. And I'm just sitting there staring at him and I'm like, and I remember him standing up from her, looking at me and going, shh. And then he was gone. Sweet. My whole, my whole family's wow. in there. Like you did not see great grandpa. You did not. I'm like, I mean, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'm like the guy from X-Files. I want to believe, but I've seen nothing to convince me. And that's the other thing. When we talk about paranormal, ghosts definitely count as paranormal. And we'll, we'll come back to what actually counts. But have you ever noticed everyone's always seen ghosts from the same eras? Like, you don't ever see any post-2000 guys, leave Britney alone as he rocks back and forth, right? It's always, like, Civil War, Revolutionary War, right? It's always historic, I don't know, stuff. So that's – I don't know. I would like to believe, but I've seen nothing to convince me. But – since I said that, uh, do we have a definition for what counts as paranormal? Uh, the well, weird wonderful. It's go go ahead. It's it, it's magic next to us. It's it's the things that are out of step with where we are. I mean, it's like that question about what's the difference between fantasy and sci-fi, and what one is magic and the other one is machines. Um, and su sufficiently advanced technology suddenly becomes magic. So the paranormal is about the things that scare us, about the things that are lurking just beyond the edge of your eye, the, the things that could be, but maybe aren't. We, we don't know. So I think there's lots of that that goes there, and it all kind of falls into the same thing. We like looping it into creatures, but it's creatures and phenomenon that are all on that just the edge of our reality. And, and it goes back to it goes back to classic folktale. And a lot of that was, you know, if, if you go out in the woods alone, something's going to eat you. And you wanted to be able to have the power of something like a werewolf, because what is the most absolutely terrifying, most powerful thing that a villager knows about? Well, it's the wolves. And if you could turn into one, what kind of power would that be? And a lot of our paranormal goes back to those old folk tales. Stay out of the woods. Don't mess with fairy circles. Don't, 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 or do, do, do. And it was all explaining what was going on. And now we, the, the more modern we become, the less we know about anything and the more we want to explain it. And we end up in that exact same boat of, well, is it possible? Well, probably. Well, I mean, I think what we lost, um, we've, as a species, we've become what they call a shut-in species. We spend 80% of our time indoors. That's why you have things like allergies, mm -hmm. asthma, things like that, because we didn't, we're not out roaming the plains anymore, working in the fields and harvesting crops. And if you're dumb, just walking around at night in the Appalachians. Um, so <laughs> yeah, uh, we're, we're completely out of touch with those um, energies from our ancestors, you know, where they had those stories, like don't go in that part of the woods that's filled with fairies or gnomes or was the one that we were watching that one movie where the little red caps were coming out. Gremlins. No, yeah. not Were they gremlins? They were gremlins. They were in Ireland and they were gremlins. They, it just wasn't called gremlins. Well, yeah. The red caps are the, the powery. The, the red caps are, are very much Irish tradition. And, you know, they, they soak their hats in blood and they wear still tipped shoes and they'll eat you. I mean, a lot yeah. of things were, this, this thing will eat you if you're bad. This thing will eat you if you're out too late, if you're having sex with people, if you're doing any of the things that people didn't want you to do, then something was going to punish you for it. 
Yeah, the Red Caps would be on par to conduct that kind of punishment because that movie. I've been, I've been kind of like scared of a movie because I know all this stuff is, well, it's not imaginary, but I've never encountered one, so I just, I must be doing okay in my life because these guys have not come to visit me. Um, I saw a, a leprechaun once, but I think I was really inebriated. It was St. Patrick's Day. Who knows? Too much green water and green beer. Uh, he took fifty bucks, which was weird because I caught him first. But, uh, <laughs> But that movie did kind of like it, it put a little chill in my bones because they were well crafted. They were well designed by whoever did the design on it. And I was like, they're cute, but they got razor sharp teeth and they're kind of silly. And you probably want to have a couple of drinks with them, but they'll also eat your dog. Mm-hmm. You know, and they did. They, they ate like three dogs. That's pretty much started off. They were looking for their dog and there they are. Red Caps just feasting on them. But anyway. Now, here's a weird question for you. What's the line between paranormal and superheroes? Because you're getting the same kind of interesting thing when you start getting into the superheroic. Um, where do mutations fall in? Do we, do we shovel them over into science fiction because we think it's because of a genetic anomaly? Or, you know, it's telekinesis and some of these kinds of things. Where, where, where is it paranormal and where is it superhero? There's some weird lines that we start drawing when we say, you know, this ability or this weird phenomenon. Because the yeah. X-Men had, flat out had there, vampires in it. Mobius. Yeah. Well, Mobius was, he was an experiment gone wrong. He should have been the undead, but he wasn't. Right. So um, he still but, ended up in that weird. Yeah. And it came from a buttload of bat bites which he had like this really <laughs> weird disease and the bats biting him kind of created this concoction internally um what i love about the x-men is they're all born with their weird stuff you know so there's always weird that it, i just like the fact that everybody's got weird in them they just dial it to 11 um you got captain america everything special about him was you know other than his like honor integrity and you know commitment came, to came out of service. a vial Came out of a vile Iron Man technology based, but in the comics, he built a suit using Asgardian tech. Mm-hmm. So it was a mystical suit. So um, that was a really good question. Where do we draw the line? I think it's just on how the storyteller defines it. You know, I, I leave it to the storyteller to always one, create the world, two, create the rules, and three, draw the lines that separate it from normalcy to the unknown, the weird, the mystical, the magical, the unexplained. So um, it's a hard thing to do for writers. We, we can all attest to this. Uh, most of us are writers here. You know, the MacGuffin. How do I, how do, I do this? What, what's the MacGuffin? All right, cool. And, you know, and then we go through our process. So, yeah, it's, it's tough, man. And I think it's they individual to the writer. Goblins? Yes. I love I, goblins. It's called, the movie was called Unwelcome. Unwelcomed, yeah, that was the movie. Unwelcome with the red caps. Scary, that's movie. Sorry. I was <laughs> Moving forward, please take me out of this place in my head. I, I didn't have to do anything but like hit the play button, and these guys have just been going. I'm digging it. Yeah. So well, is there a good answer? I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna suggest that and see what what Maddie had to add. What What was the question again? Well, Sorry, started- I'm gonna talking too much. Yeah, yeah there's so much with, talking and like so many new questions. It's just, it's so much. It started with what was paranormal and it sort of branched all around the uh, willow tree as it were. So I'm going to take it all and let you just comment about paranormal stuff. Um, I, I kind of agree with what the others said. They pretty much took what I was going to say about it. Um, 
but to but to just add on really quickly i think it's like the, un, the unordinary the unknowns that kind of speak out into us in different ways whether it's like uh, a spirit or a demon it can be something there to punish us or to show us something it's, it's just kind of an unknown that speaks out to us however they want okay okay so is there anything to keep it going um, is there anything that you guys have wanted to see in paranormal fiction that you haven't yet? Or do you think it's one of those genres that it's all been done and it's just how you do it that makes it special? Well, to be honest, I mean, just take it to the comic book industry. All those stories have been told already. We're just finding new ways to tell them. You know, and I think that's what, you know, separates the wheat from the chaff there is – we only got in in write. I took a writing class once. I don't know why, um, but it tells you there's only like what seven stories you can tell, mm-hmm. like man seven versus society, man versus, Yeah, so most of the story's been told because we've been telling them since we were sitting around at the campfire, you know, talking about what lurks in the dark. You know, John Carpenter had a great quote about that. Um, for those who don't know who John Carpenter is, I don't know why you're watching this episode, but. Uh, <laughs> He did. He was a filmmaker, and he made Halloween, and The Thing, and Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Oh, the Thing. You know, we'll we'll spend the whole time talking about his filmology or filmography, but it's, I think it's just something primal in our in every human being, because we're all sitting around the campfire, we're all hearing these stories about the strange things we've encountered: the bear in the woods, the weird hybrid cat, the the aurora borealis, these mystical lights in the sky. You know, we were talking about that earlier. So, God, I forgot the question. I've just been rambling on. I got to stop doing that. I mean, it's been entertaining. Um, so it was, the question was, was there anything in paranormal fiction that you haven't seen that you wanted to? And while we let all of you think about that question, we're going to pause for a moment while we shamelessly shill for the woman this time. Ain't no shame. In a world where magic is controlled by law and government, mages are both coddled and persecuted. Corey Monroe knows she isn't a mage, and her best friend is. Reality isn't always what you know. If you are looking for an urban fantasy with found family, an education-based magic system, and evolving storylines, try My Luck by Mel Todd, book one in the Twisted Luck series. Available exclusively on Amazon. I'm trying not to be like Sean. <laughs> thank you for sticking. Thank you for sticking with us through that commercial interlude, and uh, yeah, that was good. She's been a sponsor before, and we, we're glad to have her. Uh, with that being said, uh, is there anything in paranormal that you haven't seen that you want to? Well, I'm going to go back a step, and I'm going to show for her too because I've read that book, and it's awesome. Just, just by the way. Mel is awesome in general, but I'm a little bit jealous of her because I've seen her library. Oh, sweet. Oh, yeah. It's I impressive. Mean, <laughs> and she sends me, she sends me um, illicit pictures of the meat she cooks. And I don't mean that to sound how I just said it. Uh, family, yeah, family, she, family, family, family show. Family, family show. She cooks real nice, and she sends me a picture of the things she grills and smokes. There you go. I hope that saved it because, wow, I stuck my foot in my mouth. Did you Keep see digging, it first? Man. Keep digging. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, uh, Mel is awesome. She writes well, and she has an awesome library. I think if you're more than a thousand one hundred books, you technically even count as a library. And I'm pretty sure she's there. Yeah, I think eleven hundred. Uh, so, is there anything you want to see in uh, Paranormal that you haven't yet? So, if you believe the idea that timelines are loops and not straight linear lines, then it could be cool if you saw a ghost from the future. I haven't ever seen that, or a parallel dimension because realities operate like a big bowl of spaghetti. So you'll that that's what. Cool. That meme was, uh, you know, uh, if, if my future self doesn't come back and tell me not to do it, I'm probably okay. Like, but what if your future self is from a, a parallel dimension? So it's not even your future, it's his future, and he's giving you advice for stuff that doesn't even correlate to you. Yes, yeah. you know that because of the goatee. There, there's always a goatee involved when it's your future evil self from another dimension. We we'll learn that from Star Trek. <laughs> you, you have to have the facial hair. Facial hair denotes evil. Even on the ladies. So if she's beard, oh, that's actually kind of mean. <laughs> I was going to try to riff and make it funny, but Stabby, save me from myself. Run for it, man. Would you like a shuffle? Maddie. <laughs> We're going to have Maddie answer the question. Maddie, what kind of paranormal do you wish that has been made that hasn't been made yet? That's that's really hard. Honestly, I have no answer to that. Um, like fictional or, or non-fiction or what? Just anything? Whatever. Whatever. I, I don't think I've ever seen any type of love paranormal like a romance paranormal movie or just any kind of paranormal like let's say movie wise I've, I've never seen a romance like that and honestly I feel like that would be something very interesting to see paranormal that romance way. is one of the hottest romance genres out there right now <laughs> it is the top seller of romance genres it's right up there with contemporary well, and it is both hot literally and figuratively well Wouldn't what if what if qualify? Because she has the romance with her dead partner? Yeah, go, Ghost yeah. is a paranormal romance. Yeah, when like, I gave you my login for Shudder, and there's a movie on there called Extraordinary about a ghost hunter. Oh. And there's like a whole love story in there, and the, <laughs> the dead wife of the widower. It's like, I don't know. Maybe there's like a ghost and like a guy's in love with this dead girl and he thinks she's real. I I don't know. Warm it, it seems. I was gonna say warm bodies. <laughs> if no one else did. So I don't. I don't know. I've I've personally never seen it, so I, I'd have to look out for it. I gave you Shutter. I'm sending you links tonight. You're watching uh, Extraordinary and Sorry About Your Demon. <laughs> They're comedies, but there's love, and then there's the whole paranormal paranormal aspect. You'll get a kick out of them. Okay. Okay. <laughs> How about you, Terry? I don't know. Like, the, I, I'm sometimes picky about the things that I really get into. Like, I'll see one thing, and then I'll be into that for a while. Uh, but I did really like Crimson Peak. So things along those lines, Ooh. and just like different versions of that story. I did like Crimson Peak. I mean, yeah. I think for Tom Hiddleston, so that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, that's 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 a conversation <laughs> in and of itself. However, but I can't really think of anything that 
necessarily hasn't been done. Kind of going back to what Nick was saying earlier, like all those stories have been told in one way or another, but we as the human species are storytellers. And so every time you reiterate that story, regardless of how many thousands of times it's been told, it still gets you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to see more of the technological paranormal, you know, technophay, things that where you're using magic to make technology go. We, we don't see a lot of that because it's a weird crossover. But the little bit that I've seen out there has been really interesting with the, you know, can, can you use magic to make computers sit up and dance? And that's a weird place where the paranormal is really, really fun. And we don't see a lot of it. We, we see actually, more classic people, classic monsters. That's right up there with yeah. the old joke of, that authors tell each other about they're going to write Amish cyberpunk. You just don't think of them together. <laughs> I don't know. That's when she was one. talking, when she was talking about, you know, the paranormal meets, um, technology i kind of i had two different things go through my brain probably because of my adhd but i mean you know i was somewhere between uh ghostbusters 2 where the toaster was dancing Mm -hmm. and transformers yeah (laughs) well and and again i'll age myself but shadow run was you know it, it, it was futuristic elves you know, you, you played that whole thing. Um, Shadowrun was tremendously fun, and it was very much paranormal and a technological world side by side. And I, I had pictures up on my wall forever that was, you know, the elves and things like power armor and wearing the technological things and, and fueling it with magic. And it's something that kind of had a brief burst there around the Shadowrun time, and then it's kind of died back. And I would love to see some of the authors who are writing urban fantasy and and, uh, paranormal romance now pull it into more of that, you know, this is side by side. And actually, um, Ilana Andrews, the the Innkeeper series, they do a good job with that. And again, the line between whether it's science fiction or urban fantasy, really kind of iffy, but I'm going with urban fantasy. And I would add to that too. You You made me think of something. No one, I can't think of anyone who's done alien paranormal like what's paranormal for us we know but what's paranormal for aliens again getting into the to the size sci-fi side of things yeah yeah there's so a lot of genre I think, bending i mm-hmm. think when it comes to because my brain works really weird when i was thinking about the whole technological paranormal kind of magic meets technology thing i was like okay so like in the new one of the newer transformer movies when they take it all the way back to merlin mm-hmm. the and last I night like, i was like okay all right we're playing with king arthur but also like you know other planetary beings but then you know also on the whole other aspect, you want to play with aliens and their type of paranormal, then I was like, oh, Event Horizon. Hmm. Because you kind of have a little bit of, you know, alien, a little bit of uh, religion. They're in outer space with this kind of Hellraiser type situation. So. About Forbidden Planet. Yeah, Forbidden Planet. Mm-hmm. Too. Mm-hmm. That was a good Yeah, one. those were ghosts. That's- that's alien that's paranormal. Yeah. There's so many. There's just so many. There's lots. So that's many. why it's fun. Yeah. 
I think the one that freaks me out the most, and it's probably um, Catholic guilt being raised that way, is um, the nun. Like, I love the Conjuring universe, but when it when they started having the nun being creepy and, like, wandering around, I'm over here like, I need to go back to church. I need to go back to church. I need to go back to church. <laughs> Mr. Mary Ashley? Is that you? Right? Oh, my God. I'm like, this is not the Sister Mary Clarence that I knew in the 90s. That was a Whoopi Goldberg joke. It was a good joke. I liked both of those. <laughs> oh, that's the other thing you don't really see because it's the always the connotation is the paranormal, like it's an evil spirit. You never see like the friendly spirit. So it's never, you know, Friar Tuck or Sister Mary Catherine or whatever that's the haunted Jasper. person. Because But we don't know anything about who he was as a person. So that doesn't really fit. Um, although whenever uh, my sisters and I would misbehave and like leave the light on, and we claimed nobody did it. That was my mom's running joke. Was, oh, so Casper did it. I'm like, yep, totally. If it gets me out of trouble. Um, I don't think she ever believed me. But you always see, like, the presumption is if they're good, no matter what their faith, they're going to that afterlife, right? The good afterlife. So there's always either unfinished business or they weren't so great people in life. Have you seen a lot where the ghost is actually a good guy? The movie uh, Ghost. Yeah, the movie. Yeah, someone mentioned that earlier. It's too easy, though, right? It's too on the nose. True. What about you, Maddie? Since you're so well uh, versed in all things movies, have you seen that a lot? Um, I I think I've seen it in probably like one show and like one movie, but most of the time, I I I usually see we usually see uh the ghost being the bad guy and the ghost. Uh, being killed or destroyed or whatever. Sometimes, uh, like in reference to the Babadook, uh, you see it just kind of stop being this evil strength, I guess, and they kind of just kept that evil locked up in the basement. You you don't you don't generally see it because ghosts are usually stereotyped to be um, I don't I don't know a word uh, bad I guess strange. So I, I don't see it often. I've seen it maybe once or twice. I can't remember where, but I, I know I've seen it somewhere. Beetlejuice. I mean, I, I, I guess, yeah, Beetlejuice yeah. can count. Yeah. Because the married couple are actually good people. Mm -hmm. I yeah. mean, Beetlejuice himself, he's questionable. <laughs> yeah. But are they, I, would you consider them ghost ghosts, though? Yes. Mm -hmm. they're, they're dead and they're spirits that have returned. I mean, and, and you do yeah. see that protective angle where it's spirits that are watching over a, a person. Yeah. They're, they're waiting for that. There's, there's a whole series and I can't think of the name, but um, a lot of the shows like medium and that kind of thing was all about helping the ghosts find whatever it was that was keeping them here. And they weren't necessarily bad, but sometimes it was, if a murder was unsolved, it leaves a ghost behind because there's unfinished business um, heart and soul was that where it was the little boy and there was a bus wreck and he had all these ghosts that were now attached to him. And in order to let them move forward, he had to find out what each one of them had left undone and help them finish it. So that was really, really cute. And that one was, um, what was all ghosts. Um, I mean, I told you that I was haunted at one point and my ghost was not bad. He was just mischievous as all get out. 
You know, we, we <laughs> had things. My, my poor sister lived with me while I was being haunted. She didn't believe that we were haunted, but, but we were. And she was home alone in a split-level apartment, had gone downstairs to do laundry, and did the thing that, ladies, we've all done this at one point or another. You're putting the laundry in, you go, the shirt I'm wearing needs to go in, too, and nobody else is home, so it's not a big deal. So you whip it off, toss it in the laundry, too, and then go about your business. Well, when she'd come downstairs, all of the drapes are closed, everything's all closed up. She takes the shirt off and heads upstairs. Every window in the house, all the drapes are up, all the shutters are up, and there are little boys playing outside, and here she stands in her bra and her khakis, and she's just like, I'm going to die, drops flat on the stairs and goes dun, 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 down the stairs to fall into my room and grab a shirt. That, that's my ghost. My ghost was the kind that the unexpected happened, but it was never negative. It was just weird. So it, it, it can be that playful. But that's, that's the other aspect that we see with ghost stories is the ghosts that are playful, that they're, they're there for a reason. And, you know, my dad always said that my ghost was waiting for me to find my sweetheart. And once I got married and got the cat, then the ghost no longer needed to keep an eye on me. So there's, there's ways you can take it. Yeah, the two that came to mind for me were... Oh, go ahead. I say, uh, thinking about it as we as you guys have been talking, I remember there is a, bu a book I read in middle school called Ghost Cadet. It's about a cadet at VMI who fought at the Battle of Newmarket and died. And as he was dying, he had his father's pocket watch. Uh, it's based the situation is based on a real story, not the ghost part, but the actual guy actually died at Newmarket and his watch really was lost. And so he basically buries it as he's dying to protect it from the Yankees, not realizing that they were going to win the battle. Uh, and so when they recovered his body, it wasn't there uh, and so he's haunting the the park where he died until he can get that watch back to his um family uh and he ends up meeting a young boy who's you know single uh single mom raising him so he's struggling for that sense of male bonding and since he didn't have a father he gets the male bonding from a ghost from 100 years ago Sweet. it's a really good book. i recommend it for little boys everywhere like if you've got that like 8 to 12 range boy i mean that's it's a good one. It's put out by Scholastic Books. So I can't believe I, I missed that one. That was even before I was watching Ghostbusters or Ghostbusters. Even before I was watching Scooby-Doo and all the stuff there, I was reading that book. But Ghostbusters, since I mentioned it, and Ghost Whisperer, I don't think anyone said that, have we? It's in Nick chat. said it in the chat. Oh, my um, mom used to love that show. What was that? that but one, if you're going like, to touch base, if you're going to touch base on Ghostbusters, a lot of times, some of the ghosts are good, some of the ghosts are bad, some of them are just continuing what they were doing in life. But if we go into the newer Ghostbusters afterlife, Spangler is the ghost. Mm -hmm. And he most certainly is not a bad guy. It's been he's, two years, no spoilers. He's just trying to, you know, help his granddaughter <laughs> stop the, the bad ghosts. Yeah, well, and just, they did a spin on that in the Ghostbusters cartoon and made Slimer a mascot funny ghost instead of the the, the eating machine and troublemaker he, that he was he in the, the original Dalmatian movie. Yeah, that's, he, that he kind of became yeah. that thing because now it was a show for kids and they wanted a ghost connection that wasn't scary. And so they, they turned him into not scary. I remember um, that. Like Boston Terrier. <laughs> yeah. My my poor sons when when they watch the the movie after seeing the cartoon they're like what the but but he's supposed to I'm so confused. Why is Spangler blonde? <laughs> he was blonde in the cartoon. He was blonde in the cartoon. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
Okay, I liked Venkman. That was my favorite character. And the Keymaster. Oh. So Terry's been trying to say something for Terry. Let's let her answer. <laughs> oh, Terry, go! Well, I was going to say The Sixth Sense. Ooh, oh, yeah. oh, good yeah. one. It is a good one. And you could argue, technically, that Crimson Peak, the ghosts, aren't bad either. They're scary, but they're not actually the villain of the thing. No. True. Absolutely. Although I think for what we're going for, uh, the Sixth Sense is technically the better answer. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to talk about why the other people are so bad in Crimson Peak. It's a family <laughs> show. It's a family oh, show. you know, family drama. <laughs> yeah, keeping it in the family. <laughs> oh, always. <laughs> All right, we love... We've moved into Alabama. All right. You know? JR, what's the next question? Um, <laughs> move us we along. Move us along. We were going to see if Maddie had anything to add. We don't want to silence her. Nobody puts baby in a corner. I mean, you Nobody put her in the baby. corner. So you did that. She'll just curl up in a ball and sleep. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can have words later, JR. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she's gonna stab. Well, she's gonna stab Nick and tell him to stab me. Is what's gonna happen? No, she might actually stab you this time. <laughs> um, I don't. Honestly, I don't really have anything to add. I think what everyone said, they all had some good points. So. So, if you were gonna recommend someone who had never explored the worlds of paranormal, and then we'll get to you, uh, the rest of the guests as well. But what would be your gateway drug you'd recommend to them for all things paranormal? Start here. Um, well, I think it's all good. Mushrooms. This <laughs> this might sound very basic, but as a starter, I'd say uh, the Paranormal Activity franchise. Right? Is that is that the name of the movie? Yeah. Yeah. I I haven't seen that one for a while, but I would I would say that. But me personally, I'm very biased. As a TV show, I would say Ghost Adventures. <laughs> You surprised okay. me, Maddie, considering you have a sandworm in the front yard, Beetlejuice sitting in your living room. I That's mean. my mother. That is my mother. <laughs> I mean, your mother has excellent taste, then. She does. She has a full-sized Beetlejuice in her living that room. That scares me every time I walk down the stairs in the middle of the night. That's I see <laughs> As it should. I have a full-time... That scene where she floats and she sings... Oh, that's the best scene in any movie. Uh, we get copyright strike if we do it, but but just look at Stabby Dance. What if I sing it? I like the shrimp scene. Oof. Oh, yeah. They're singing yeah. the man about it, and then all of a sudden... <laughs> yes. And the head shrinker? When, when, when they shrink his guy's head? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's so, her story. That's his so, story. This is mine. It's very personal. So, Terry, what would you recommend as the gateway drug for someone to explore the paranormal? Ooh. Probably some of the, like, less hardcore Stephen King things, like, um, like I said before, Bag of Bones was a good one. Uh, Duma Key is another excellent one to get started into on the book front. I was watching a series a couple of years ago uh, on YouTube. Uh, it was BuzzFeed Unsolved. They did a paranormal thing for a while. That was rather entertaining, and I enjoyed that a lot. So th those are three good ways to dip your toes in. Pet cemetery. Ooh, that one got creepy. All the no. All the no. That one kept me up for <laughs> ages. 
Well, see, I would still watch Pet Cemetery over Paranormal Activity. I have a line. If it's something that I think in my head could really actually happen in real life, nope. <laughs> I'm out, yeah. <laughs> All of the nope. Either Christine and Carrie are the ones that scared the hell out of me. Oh, those are good ones. What about you, Jenna? I have a story about Christine. Oh, I mean, someone put this in the chat, and I think it's worth saying if you're if you're talking kids, um, Arl Stein, the the Goosebumps uh, books, oh, yeah. fantastic, um, fantastic job and, on those. And dip dip your toes into fairy tales because you get and 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 not Disney sanitized fairy tales. If you know if you're if you're going to go paranormal, dip your toes into the honest to goodness fairy tales and folklore. Because that that stuff will creep you right oh, out. Oh, the Grim stories. Yeah. Well, well, Grim stories. Yeah. Um, the Jack tales. I mean, there's there's a lot you can get into once you start going into into folklore. Um, Book wise, I, I think that if you really want to get into paranormal, you're kind of obligated to read Frankenstein and Dracula, because that's the basis that so many yeah. other things came out of, and so that's it's a good base. More modern. Uh, Jim Butcher is a kick. Um, the Harry Dresden Files, his stuff's really, really good. Charles DeLint is amazing. Very lyrical writing. Uh, Alana Andrews is really, really good. You know, I could go on all day. There's so many great series to start with, and then you just keep sucking in the other ones until your library is full, which it never uh, is. So back on the be. classics, Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan oh, yeah. Poe yeah. is amazing. So it's for kids, the scary storybooks. It's the iconic black and then grayscale image with the red writing. For kids, I used to get those from the Scholastic oh, Book Fairs, yeah. um, and they and made a movie about it. They did, and then the other one was the uh, the show, The Crypt Keeper, that had like the animatronic skeleton was with the oh, iconic. Was it was weird, but he did a bunch of one off episodes that were kind of all over the place in horror, Tales but also crypt. paranormal. Tales from the Crypt. There we go. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hello, boys so. and girls. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah, but phonier. Well, and it really out there. There are so many great professional storytellers who specialize in paranormal stories. Um, I've got a good friend, and her her specialty as a professional storytelling is ghost stories, and those are just a hoot to go and listen to. And that that's a good way to creep you right out because you bring the performance art in with something that's already spooky, put them on a stage with a half moon behind them and a little bit of wind, and and I'm there. I'm so there. <laughs> <laughs> do, you know that of, do you know the cremation of San McGee? Uh huh. Is a good one. That night on the barge of Lake LaBarge, the cremation of San McGee. <laughs> yeah, it's basically the guy. It's it's if it's told well by someone in costume, it will scare the crap out of you when you're younger. Because they used to do that at Boy Scout camps. Absolutely. Go Terry. Jenna, with the Goosebumps, you reminded me there was another author uh, back in the day. I had to look him up. Uh, it was Christopher Pike did the Spooksville series. Mm. I never read all of them, but I read a good number of them. That Those were good, too. I'd forgotten all about Goosebumps. That brought back so many good memories, though. <laughs> I honestly think when it comes to introducing somebody from scratch, with me, it depends on your age. So if I'm trying to get a little kid, like a niece, a nephew, something like that, into, you know, paranormal, I'm going to say Scooby-Doo. I'm going to say, you know, the animated Beetlejuice, something like that. The animated Ghostbusters. And then slowly work them up. 
if it's more of a teenager and I'm like, okay, you can handle it a little bit more, I'm probably going to be like, okay, you know, watch Supernatural or, or, you know, paranormal activity. But then when they're more of an adult and they haven't seen some stuff and I'm like, hmm, you can handle a little nudity. <laughs> then it's more what? like, tell um, me more. <laughs> then I'm over here like, well, you know, maybe Freddy Krueger. Maybe, okay. you know, let's get you into to Pennywise. Because he's a lot just of these whatever are books you're scared of. They're books and movies, yes. And then, you know, like, let's let's play with the Conjuring. You know, because the Conjuring universe, you have bad spirits, you have angry spirits, you have re re or vengeful spirits, and then you have demons, and then you have, it takes you into uh Maddie's jumping out of a chair. I know, she's super excited right now because I'm speaking her love language. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, it takes you into a little bit of the urban legends as well with uh, and I always say this wrong so nobody judge me, I apologize, send me all the hate. So no. much judgment. Um, La, Lo La Llorena. La Llorena. Movie end. So Maybe I will it's say. A, it's a ghost, but also like a vengeful spirit and as well as a sad mom. Uh, it's straight. That's the worst Conjuring Universe movie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So uh, throw down. Throw down. Bring it onto the right. show and she insults me. Fair. Since we mentioned the Grimms, the show Grimm was on uh, back in the day it's about cops hunting down the paranormal, and it was kind of mostly TV thirteen, I guess PG thirteen as far as rating it was pretty good. I always got um, that one confused with Once Upon a Time. That yeah, that was another. Well, that one wasn't really paranormal. Uh, I will say, poor poor Maddie's. You take a girl on a date to scary movie because you want to scare them so they jump into your arms. I'm guessing that you would just laugh, Maddie. You'd be like, oh, I've seen worse, and and then tell everyone how bad it is. No, The Exorcist. You always take a first date to see The Exorcist. Speaking of The Exorcist, what about Poltergeist? We never mentioned Poltergeist. I did mention Poltergeist at the beginning it. of the show, and I said I would love and hate being on the set of that, and here's yep. why, okay? He's real skellies. I absolutely love that story. I love the idea of getting sucked into the TV. Like, absolutely everything about it was perfect. Welcome to the light, you, Caroline. And then you find out later that that scene where she's in the pool and all the skeletons start coming up, those are real skeletons. Those were real dead bodies. And she didn't know until after. They're like, oh, by the way, yeah, those, those are real people. I've heard so that. And the other creepy thing is, is someone who's a trained historian uh, in the classical sense, the idea that you would just because it, it, you know, it tweaks the, the nose at all the pompous academics who think theirs in their ivory tower is the only way to do it. They hated the John McAdams books because he did the footnotes at the back, but he wrote it in like, in, anyway, um, the the idea that you would just move the headstones but not the graves for for ease of purpose happens all the times. It's especially pernicious in the American Southwest where they would do that to the Native Americans. Uh, they would just you know oh we totally moved the burial grounds and then 
In fact, it's so common that it became, it became a it became one of the episode uh, themes for like three or four episodes in um, was it Sam Winchester? No, the Winchester. What is that? Um, Supernatural. Supernatural. It was a couple episodes because it, it happened so much that they ran into it a few times. They've actually had a few lawsuits. They're not really doing that anymore because now when they find it, the first body, like the cops come and they, uh, what do you call archaeologists come. But back in the 70s, 80s, and some of the early 90s, that was a common thing. They just moved the headstones and not bother moving the graves. Well, that was the whole plot of uh, Poltergeist, which was directed by the same guy that did Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Toby Hooper. God rest his soul. But uh, His poor therapist, when he sees his movies, like, is there something you want to talk about today, sir? If we're going to talk about Grimm and stuff, like, one of the first stories we're told growing up is Little Red Riding Hood. And how do you not find that terrifying? Yeah, it's a creepy-ass wolf. It's like there's other things you can eat, man. Oh, the speaking of creepy wolves, I don't know, but the uh, the wolf from Grimm that was like vegan, that <laughs> creeped me out more than if he was like non on people's limbs. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure that that wolf's mom was making the decisions. Anytime you take a carnivore and they're like, "Oh, my little puppy here is vegan," we know who's making. No, his decisions. parents didn't like that he was vegan. They they mocked him and his family in the show. What the I hell really much. I refuse to believe it. I call BS. <laughs> I'm putting on Watch the tape. The I'm a BS fan right now. It's in the episode. I don't care. Well, in other TV shows, we had you know Buffy and Angel, and they had a really long run, um, and they aged pretty decently. I've, I've rewatched some of the episodes, and there are places where you go, yeah, kids these days would not have some of these problems because they would have a cell phone, and everything that hinges on them not being able to talk to each other would be over. But yeah. beyond that, if you if you give it its age. It works really, really well. Angel was great. Um, Supernatural in its 15 seasons. Uh, they did a spinoff on that, but it didn't get much ground. They should have ended at 13 just because of the number. Well, that's, a good, that's a good segue. You mentioned technology. and a lot of the older shows, part of the isolation worked because you didn't have a cell phone. Yeah. So how do you fit in a modern age where like, oh, there's a ghost. Hmm, let me go on Google and see what it says. Oh, I do X. Throw some salt in a circle. Okay, I'm good. Like how do you get, how do you negate technology in the modern age? It's uh, deep in the woods where no cell reception is. We just watched that. Speaking of um, deep in the woods, can we go deep into the woods of comics? Do you have any paranormal comics to recommend? There's a few. Um, oddly enough, there a lot of them are on the DC side of the house, and I'm a big fan of DC as well as Marvel. So send your hate mail to Madam Stabby Stab. Um, we'll put the, uh, the addresses in the show notes. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is the specter. Um, uh, the next one is dead man. Also a, a pretty cool character. Um, I'm trying to think on the Marvel side of the house. Dr. Strange. Dr. Strange. Dr. Strange. Whole has thing a, is, yeah, the whole mystical thing. Um, oh, and there's another, oh, what is her name? I There's guess another the Scarlet one that Witch. does magic. The, Scarlet Witch. Um. Uh, Morgana. Uh -huh. That's mm -hmm. another one. Uh, the last descendant of like King Arthur's realm. Usually found in Excalibur comics, I think, is usually where she shows up. Um, what else do we got here? Um, the reason I brought up Spectre and Deadman is because they are actual paranormal heroes. They don't control paranormal. They don't 
they deal with paranormal and they're also paranormal themselves. Like you have to die to become a specter, you know, which How is did like, we not touch base on Hellboy. Oh yeah. Hellboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hellboy's another one. Uh, that the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense. I mean, it's right there. How did we miss that? I'm a comic book fan. I, I feel like I got to take that badge off for now. And there was um, Ileana who was raised in a demon hell dimension and all of her powers are demonic. Raven. That, Ra- Raven. And the mm-hmm. T-Titans as well. Uh, so there's a lot of them out there. And they all have their interesting little cut of the pie, the paranormal universe. Uh, I think that's really cool is how they, like superheroes blend all together. You know, like the normal ones. I don't know if you can call them normal. But like when you deal with the paranormal guys, they have their own, like John Constantine. You know, he has his whole heaven and hell, demonic things. He opens up portals and gateways. He can walk in all, you know, above and below. Both of them want his, want his soul. I'm like, oh, man. That's, that's, that's messed up. Yeah, John Constantine. Hell, uh, Hellblazer was the name of the comic book. Uh, what else we got? Man, there's well, so many- somebody just mentioned video games, and Resident Evil scared the crap out of me. Played it in college with friends, and I had to leave, and the others never left because they were too scared to go to their cars. So everybody else stayed at that house and slept there because they couldn't get to their cars, and I left before it got so bad that I could not make it to my car. The Resident Uh, Evil series was the the jump scares. There was a lot going on there. There was a first-person shooter called Fear back in the day. Like, uh, scared the shit out of me. I found out I started working as a graphic designer, and these guys were like, hey, man, we're shutting shop early down today. I'm like, why? I'm like, because we're going to play Fear. I'm like, okay. And all the computers were, what? Maddie's shaking her finger at you. For what? <laughs> no, I was, I was like, I was, I was doing that, like, yeah, because, um, like, about the whole video game thing. I got that from uh, when Nick was uh, earlier. He was like, oh, the, the no cell service in the woods. I was like, that reminds me uh, a little bit of the video game The Quarry. Um, and the whole Resident Evil and Silent Hill thing, you you played it right. What <laughs> what did you pick when it came down to Silent Hill and Raccoon City? Which one did you pick? If you ever, I I don't think that was in the first game though. Was that in the first game? What Raccoon City? Yeah, there was. Uh, I think it was in the, the fourth, first game. Was all in Raccoon fourth City. Resident. Yeah, I think the fourth Resident Evil. You had to uh, pick. Uh, between Silent Hill and Raccoon City, which which uh, which place you wanted your story to go? I think I'll deal with the zombies. Thanks. So Silent Hill scared me more, and that's yeah. because it would go. You'd hear the siren. It would go dead, dark, dead silent, and then you'd hear the scraping of the big triangle head guys. That's his knife. name, Triangle Head. Mm-hmm. Just you hear the scraping of his knife, and you know you're about to die. And I hate it when cosplayers do triangle head because it confuses me. They sexualize triangle head, and I'm like, no. Yeah, no, Please like, the, the the scraping in the fog, I just yeah. scared, scared me to death. I was like, nope, I nope. I even knew, you're like, you're gonna bring your flashlight around, and you know he's gonna be in your face. Uh, a game I've been playing recently on the Xbox, shameless plug, give me a discount, um, The Evil Within. Mm-hmm. Uh, you You played it? Jaina? A little bit. A little bit? Yeah, me too. The more, more I watch other people play it because I'm a chicken and that way I can hide my hate, my, my face if I need to. So I watch Oh my god. The, the, the first mission you actually get to play because there is a lot of cutscenes. There's, there's a lot, a lot of cutscenes. 
I, I dig it. It's it's building the world. It's building the lore for me. So when I fall into a bloody pit of mutilated bodies, oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> and then I go up to inspect something, and I have to hide from this guy that's getting ready to cut up a body as I'm looking for a key to go somewhere else. And I'm kind of like holding my ribs, and I'm already near death. And then zombies start showing up, or demons, or whatever the hell it is they're they're bringing. Scared the shit out of me. Now, if you want to go one step beyond that. that, now they're putting out a lot of these games on the Oculus, so you can do it in VR. Yeah, and, 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 and I'm all the no there. I I can't. Yeah. I've I've got no. a buddy who's doing it, and he's like, "It's so good." That, it's like, no, no, I need <laughs> that space of separation between the game and reality. Except for any Star Wars game, that I want Oculus action on. Uh, speaking of games, Terry, you had something you put in the chat. What was it you were saying? Oh, I was saying that for like oh. younger video game players, the Castlevania series is a good one. Like, oh that was one God, of the so one of the earlier games I played was Circle of the Moon on the Game Boy Advance. That was fantastic. I oh, I remember the Game Boy. And in the old one, you didn't have the light on it, so for the backlight. So if you were traveling and started getting dark, you're like hoping the street lights would pass <laughs> off enough. Oh yeah. That's a fun little see. mini game while playing the game. It's like, oh, your streetlight's coming up. I can see enough. All right, cool. I made the jump. Yep, and you deposit between the streetlights. Yeah. It never worked out. You always died when it, when it started getting oh, dark. Nice. And your hands would start to like burn a little bit because you know it was a battery hog. Oh, those were the days. <laughs> oh yeah. On a cold winter night, though, that was plus. You played it. That was a plus. <laughs> So and my daughter did Luigi's Mansion, same kind with you know ghosts, and so it it's cute paranormal for video games introducing kids because that was really adorable, you know, running around and sucking up the ghosts in the vacuum. No, I've never played that one, but it looked fun. It was so so adorable. Some of the puzzles are phenomenally hard. We had to pull out the walkthroughs, y'all, and I am not stupid, (laughs) but yet I'm looking at it and like, what what do what do they want us to do? I don't get it. And they uh, took walkthroughs to get us through. But that that was a really you fun, rem- again, kid-friendly way to do paranormal. Do you remember thing. back in the day when the only walkthroughs available were you're calling your friends on oh, the gosh, landline? Yes. But they had beat the se- that section before you did because there was no – I mean, we had to sacrifice robots to get back on the internet. Mm-hmm. Yep. So – Jenna actually just reminded me of something when she said that she likes to watch other people play it so she can hide behind her hands um, on something that I didn't touch base on. But um, I don't really get scared during scary movies much. I'm usually the person that I uh, ruin it towards the beginning. I'm like, oh, I bet he's the killer. Um, Because, yeah, he absolutely hates watching scary movies with me. Now it's, um, I have a theory. I'll tell you if I was right at the end. So that way I don't give it away. But um, we recently just watched a movie. (coughs) Absolutely, it's paranormal. Fits into our our whole conversation. And it scared the crap out of me. I was jumping left and right. Like, I was literally sitting there like, oh, my God. And I don't do that. So, um, The Boogeyman, the newest release of The Boogeyman, and man, I was not okay. I was not okay. He tried to turn off the TV at bedtime. I'm like, don't turn that off. I need the light. (laughs) She got me messed up. And how can we talk paranormal and not talk about The Boogeyman? 
because the boogeyman is absolutely paranormal. Speaking of the boogeyman, okay, that's a horrible transition, but we're going to go with it anyway. Uh, my segues <laughs> are not that great. Uh, what genres do you think a paranormal could blend well with? Like, I don't know, paranormal and insert. Obviously, romance we've mentioned. And we're going to go to Maddie first because I feel like I keep forgetting to ask her. Uh, and we are all talkers, and so, poor girl. I'm so sorry. I wasn't paying attention. Oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> you tell me that all the time. I'm used to it. So what would you match a paranormal story with? What other genres? What other genres do I want to see it with? Yeah, so paranormal and. Paranormal and. Paranormal. I, I, I see a lot of paranormal in, in comedy, actually. I've I've been seeing that a lot lately. Really, I don't think I've ever seen paranormal comedy. I I obviously I can't remember names. I'm not good with names. Horrible with them. Uh, like I I've seen what do you call it? Previews and ads and stuff for like paranormal comedies and, and uh, what do you call it? Covers like movie covers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's really hard. So you'll have to you'll have to come back to me. What would you want to mix paranormal with? She said comedy, and uh, she said she wanted to do more of it. I I don't want to sound like one of those people, but I don't think I've ever ever seen a paranormal anime. I've never seen that before in my life. I, I'm not sure if people consider anime its own thing or a genre. Yeah. It's sure. just something I've never sure. seen. It's something I've never seen in my life. So. Okay. We'll have to do some research now. All right. What about you, Terry? What What would you like to see it meshed with? Funnily enough, Maddie's answer just now was one of the first ones that came to mind was anime. But then I was thinking, well, I st- I still only dabble in that, and I know there's things like Mob Psycho, there's Ghost in the Shell. I haven't watched much of them personally, but they exist. So my other answer was musicals. You don't get a lot of paranormal musical. Yeah. That's true. I've never seen one of those. Seen plenty of musicals. Um, Dead Town plays with the Hades myth, and there there's some paranormal aspects there. That's uh, true. But and that, they did do the... they did an episode of Buffy that was musical. Mm-hmm. I remember that one. I feel like that's when you know a series is jumping the shark when they get to the Disney or the musical episode. Yeah. That was a thing in the nineties when they were running out of ideas. <laughs> hey, Star Trek just did it. So <laughs> So, so what would you do for paranormal? What would you mesh it with? One of my favorites I want to see more of is um, paranormal and fantasy. If you play Dungeons and Dragons, and again, I'm dating myself here, uh, Castle Ravenloft, you, you got to go face Strahd and, and do the Castle Ravenloft thing. Um, you do see ghosts and that kind of stuff in D&D, and that pulls over so nicely into fantasy that I like seeing a lot of that because um, we get a lot of urban fantasy, like, what my, my best friend writes a series that is werewolves and paladins. And it's just marvelous because it's the whole, you know, are, are you innately good or innately evil? And the, the questions there. And to take that into that really high fantasy realm, not something we see quite as often. And I, I, I'm kind of digging that. Okay. Well, we've asked the guests. I don't know enough about what I'd like to see. I don't know, maybe a paranormal where the, the spirit inhabits the machine, ghost in the machine kind of deal, which I feel like has probably been done, but I haven't 
consumed a lot of it. But what about you, Stabby and uh, Nick? What would you like to see merged the paranormal with? You got to figure out which one of you is going to unmute first. Um, so here, here, here's my issue. <laughs> I have seen Murphy so Hour with Stabby Stab Staberson. <laughs> I have seen so many horror movies in general that as you guys are sitting here speaking, I'm like, I can probably pull something up about that. I can probably pull something up about that. So Maddie brought up paranormal anime and I was like, Death Note, Death Note started out as an anime. Uh, they did make a movie out of it. It was considered paranormal and an anime. And then Terry said a paranormal musical and the closest I could think of when it came to that was Sweeney Todd. Oh. Mm. Um, okay. It's musical. Okay. It's a little bit of like a slasher, a little bit. Mm -hmm. a, a little bit. It, it's got some Yeah. I mean, oh, and Sleepy Hollow. It's Sleepy, oh, yeah, Sleepy Hollow. Hollow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love Sleepy Hollow. It has the best soundbite when he first wakes up and he's like, we would have revolted for this tax. <laughs> I'm like, yes, thank you, Bridget. Anyway, go on. As I was, as I was sitting here and I'm like, what would I mix it with? Well, comedy, you know, there's Extraordinary and there's there's Ghostbusters and there's Beetlejuice and I'm just like, okay, no. And then there's just the horror, horror aspect. No, I've already seen all of those. So I'm like, man, is there anything left? So what I've come to terms with is I don't have an answer for this question. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I don't. I don't have an answer. You can make fun of me all you want, Nick. You no, have to go no, to bed no. with me tonight. Uh oh. Now we're <laughs> gonna lose our make fun of someone anyway. for saying I don't know. So I what about you? Nick? My day job. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Nick? What would oh. you? Um, you were kind of on point when you were talking about like, um, possessed cyberpunk type stuff. Like it's fueled, but I'd take it a step further that there has to be a psionic bond between the ghost and the uh, the user of the cybernetic mm -hmm. or cyberpunk type technology. Uh, I'd probably oh, give it a weird. There's uh, a funny thing is the story that I wrote for the anthology, the uh, Clash of Steel anthology that you did the cover for, which was a uh, mech and tank anthology, mecha and tank. That was the theme uh -huh. of it. The ghost in the machine. I wrote that one with James Ward, which you know, if you like the old school D and D, you've probably heard of him. That was so much fun. Because he knows yeah, like uh, and stuff. Did did you approach it as like it was a rogue code within the system, and that because that's usually no. In this one, the the uh, rebels were like basically a, a UN type story. You know, like Halo made the United Space Command like a thing. Right. It might have been around before, but that, that that trope. So I was inverting it from the perspective of the people on the planet that didn't want to be assimilated, and so they were having this resistance, and they lost. And the guy dies in the machine. Spoiler. Uh, the guy dies in the machine, but he's so like driven by hate. He doesn't want to let these invaders. So he's sworn he won't leave until they're all gone. And he bonded with the the tank that he was in because uh, he died in a tank taking, which was obsolete tech taking on these, you know, new age mechs. Uh, did, yeah. Did anybody watch uh, red versus blue when that was popular? Oh, the halo thing. Yeah. Yeah. The halo thing. Right. So they had the possessed tank called Sheila. I forgot AI about that. that got corrupted. Um, so that's kind of like my idea, but um, 
like a short story, probably you call it a longer story, but where um, you have like a combination of like ghost hunters, collectors that they're almost like, you know, oil driggers or oil, oil diggers or whatever, you know, their job is to collect ghosts to put into cybernetics, you know, and then you got to go through that whole thing. Like, Oh, is this the right fuel? Is it 87, 89? I don't know. 92 is super octane. You know, uh, I think that would be a fun tale. Uh, I'd probably tell it as a comedy if I was the writer on that, you know, cause sometimes, you know, just personalities clash, even ghosts between humans or humans between ghosts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's my best Jeff Goldwyn, by the way. Um, and nature that's what I would like to see. What, what was that, Jeff? In nature finds a way. Yeah, my goal is even worse. So apparently I do not have a day job in voice acting. We've established that today. Uh, me either, uh, but I'm getting so close. Jane touched oh. base in the... Um, like Ringu and the... And Grudge? Paranormal stories. And are we Damn. thinking Ring or are we thinking the Grudge? Well, there's those, but then, you know, like when we talk about the anime, there's Vampire Princess Mew, there's Vampire Hunter D. They're, they're, this, the way that they tell stories is very different and um, sad a lot of times where, where it's this thing has happened and there, there's inevitability to it and, and beautiful and the way they deal with the spirits, um, Princess Mononoke does this and so, so the, the spirits and the way you connect to your ancestors and all those kinds of things, it's, it's such a beautiful cultural thing that I love reading those stories and, and I don't want to dive too much into it because I don't think I have enough background to do it justice. But I know that I love reading them and I love watching them. They'll do dramas that they do costume dramas. Um, and I watch them obsessively on YouTube where they go through and it'll be, you know, visiting into a dream life and, and dealing with dragons and and all of these things that are very much a paranormal kind of story. But it's multiple stories and it's reincarnation and it's reintroducing stories. So they, they dig into the paranormal in a way that is just fascinating. And I think you can say that about a lot of cultures. Most of the things we've hit on tend to be, you know, very Western culture kind of thing. Yeah. But you think about what the paranormal is in Egypt or what the paranormal is in, you know, some of these other places, uh, the African stories. Same kind of thing. The paranormal down there, especially because in a lot of places they are still very much connected with the land around them, with the the, the spirits that brought them through. That there's some fascinating stuff when you move out of, and and I think we need to explore outside of Western paranormal because there there's just there's so much to learn. As you were saying that, I was thinking um, you're absolutely right, and even Disney touches on it with Mulan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I? But we just watched that. the Mummy the other day. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I was watching a show on Netflix uh, not too long ago that got me started down another, another rabbit hole. It was actually a Kabuki show that they oh, did, uh, Akato Suzunosuke, and they did a, a, a making of on that too. And that was really my first introduction to that genre. But that's very paranormal as well, mm-hmm. which got me down another rabbit hole. And a lot of those, even modern stage productions, at least in Japan still have those paranormal elements as well with the oni and demons and things like that we just uh rewatched all the mummy movies mm-hmm. and i was like how did we not even think about that you brought up egypt i'm like we just watched them bring back mummies like three days in a row 
Oh, Imhotep was the biggest simp. And to watch him, his heart just shatter in the second oh, one when it was so beautiful. the moon was like, yeah, I ain't helping you, dog. And he's like, dude, I brought you back to life twice, girl. I've come back to life for you twice. And you're going to do me like this? That's what Mummy 3 should have been, was finding that chick. Mm-hmm. And coming back and exacting revenge. Like, I, I got you, girl. And I like Spiritual the Frasier ones lots better than, I mean, they've done The Mummy a bunch of times, and then they tried to redo it with, I think it was a Tom Cruise vessel at one point. Oh, and, and the, no, Tom Cruise was a lot closer to the original Bram Stoker. Yeah, Bram Stoker like version of that, too, The Jewel of Seven Stars. Oh, it's true. Is that the uh, the uh, the source material for The Mummy, going back to, like, Boris It Carlo? might be one of them. The Jewel of Seven Stars was a little bit more similar to what they did with the Tom Cruise version of The Mummy recently. Right. Um, okay. I remember listening to an audio drama of that and it was phenomenal stars. i gotta i gotta check that out because i'm more of a vampire aficionado mm-hmm. than anything else like bram stoker my jam um, i think because i my my son had um a book report due on egypt and he's like mom like i'm trying to read this and he is so like how do i explain he he takes everything so literal and he's like, he's like Drax. I'm not. Nothing really will fly over my head. I'm too fast. I will catch it. But he is when, not that fast. He, he wasn't quite understanding what they mean when they say that, you know, the Egyptians' gods were larger than life. Mm-hmm. So I actually sat him down and I had him watch uh, The Gods of Egypt. Oh, he, Moon Knight. That's another one. Jesus. <laughs> He um, he was watching Gods of Egypt, and he's like, "Mom, he's like ten humans stacked up tall." Mm-hmm. Like, oh God! Best. Hello, guy. There you go. Now you understand what they're British accent. By they're larger than life. They're they're larger than humans. Much larger. Ten oh, and that might take you into even uh, Christian mythology with the giants, the Nephilim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Okay. Fallen angels, cool. angels and gods. Yeah. So this sounds like this is room for more discussions and narrow it down a little bit on the specifics within the paranormal. Because I didn't realize, because uh, I'm coming into all the Spooktober stuff we're doing, I didn't realize how vast some of these topics were. I mean, I thought we'd get like 12 ep- or twelve movie listeds for the slasher one, and that came from Maddie alone, and then Stabby Stab was like, I'll give you $150 billion more. Uh, so... <laughs> Yeah, oh, oh, we, we, we could talk paranormal for of oh, hours, days, possibly. So, so we'll you, you can make it a five-part series easy and still not yeah. cover everything. Yeah, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna get these guests because they were a lot of fun to talk. Oh, what's that stabby? Oh, you got your movie list. So these guests, just the horror movies for this year, and it just keeps. Going. I mean, you're just uh, overachieving. We, out we of the have rest no of lives. We have no so, so so we're at the hour and a half mark. It's time, Nick. We got to bring this baby home. We're gonna have like twelve different episodes. So, uh, if there are any specifics within the paranormal that you want us to talk about, these two guests were three guests. Excuse me, I can count. I promise. Um, Stabby, almost uh, uh, Maddie, you almost don't count as a guest just because you're like their family. So I, that's my out for not counting. There you go. Um, if that's a recovery and a half. We'll see if the audience buys it. I give it a. How many stars, Nick? Three and a half stars. Nick, right, three and a half. I'll take Check it. it out. 
So if there's anything specifically within the paranormal field you want us to talk about, let us know. And I will book to have Stabby Jr., Terry, and Jenna back because this was a lot of fun. They matched our energy, which, you know, it's so- sometimes there are guests that are authors that I love their books. In person, they are a lot of fun. You get them on a podcast, and it's like watching grass grow and Valium, like, reform. And I love some of those people to death, but they just – they've got the personality for – Of a moth. What's that? Like me, I have a face for radio and a voice for print, but at least I have personality. I got a face for radio. That's what I just said, Nick. Yeah, but I got a voice said. for print. Yeah, I got the voice for print because no, I don't. Got do a voice. I said a voice for radio. You said a voice for print. We're we're arguing semantics at this point. It's- well, we'll take it. We'll take it. So, with that being said, uh, first we're gonna go with you, Maddie. Uh, you are a budding filmologist, uh, something, whatever the word is, movie maker, director. Director, director, what are you writing? She's going to outdo West. It's, it's a screenwriter, not a director. Screenwriter. Okay, okay. All right. What, what are you working on as a screenwriter? What was that? What, what are you writing right now? I, I'm uh, writing a my own version, uh, a remake of the Scream 5 script. The original Scream 5 script. Okay, You're so that's your magnum good, opus, right? and then you'll move on from there. I like it. I like it. All right, Terry, what are you writing at the moment? Uh, right now, I'm working on about four different anthologies that Three Ravens has in their open calls. I'm also playing with the brand new world that hopefully I can convince Three Ravens to pick up, maybe, once I write it. Okay. Um, which of the open calls are you working on? Uh, oh, I should have brought that up. I'm working on, um, there's a contested assault which is a military sci-fi i'm working on a what happens when magic goes wrong um there's two more i'm working on what were they there's another uh fantasy one more like a a sword and sorcery and the last one i'm actually working with my husband on because he's the historian of us uh is a historical what if set in the american revolution you know, I wrote my master's dissertation on the Conway Cabal. I was studying colonial American history at Villanova. I'm here. No, go on. I want to hear more. <laughs> I am nerding out right now. I might need a moment. I'll be in my bunk. Whoa. <laughs> mute. Mute. Wow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a metaphor, people. Not literally. Jane. Nice firefly callback, though. I, yeah, I was going to say, way to go, Jane. Way to yeah. go, Jane. I have so, uh, what, what are you? What's the, uh, the premise? Can you talk about it? Uh, for the what if? Yeah, yeah, for the what if. Uh, have you ever heard of a man named Dr. Joseph Warren? I have. Go on. So what if Warren survived the Battle of Bunker Hill? And what if uh, George became second in command to George Washington? And what if Washington was killed with the Brandywine? There's a story about a, okay. snipe, a British sniper that had him in his sights. What if okay. those two things happened? All right. I, I dig it. I dig it. I've got family all over both sides of the loyalists and the, um, and the rebels uh, on that conflict. Uh, most people don't realize this. That happened a lot. Cause a lot of families were like, we don't know who's going to win. We'll send a, a son. We can lose a son. So we'll send one to each side. It happened in well, civil thank, war too. Thank God on my side of the family. Cause I'm a son of the American revolution. Well, so what a lot of them did is they would go up to Canada and then immigrate in air quotes back to America so they could keep the land. Cause loyalists weren't allowed to after the war, but all right, I dig it. I dig it. So what about you, Jenna? What is Jenna and Jana writing at the moment? 
the duality of the Jennas. I know that the, the duality. Well, Jana just finished a book on self-editing for authors. I just put the end on it today. So the next two days will be revision hell. And then it will come out in October to kind of get ready for NaNoWriMo because people need editing after they've nanoed their books. So that that's the, you know, the, the, the boring nonfiction side. Uh, Jenna just finished a short story about murderous catfish, which was tremendously fun to write. Murderous catfish in the uh, Lake Pontrain down in New Orleans. And that was fun. It's for a call that I think is opening a little bit later this year. And then I'm uh, Kevin J. Anderson has a call out for feisty felines and other familiars. So that's the next short story. And the next long form is the second in my urban fantasy series. Um, Fallen leaves. So I've got, I get stuff to do. All right. All right. Uh, Nick, I understand you do some drawing as a side hobby. So uh, what comic are you working on at the moment? Uh, right now we are in the middle of our campaign for Bengali issue three, which is the, uh, the conclusion of this one story arc. Things get a little crazy um, as he defines himself as what the media would call him, the demon of San Diego. Okay. Okay. So, uh, this is uh, going to go out in October, uh, before Halloween, which means it means, uh, your campaign is still open. So you can still go in back Bengali episode three. There is still room to join the shenanigans, join the party, support the man who uh, loves to entertain you during our episode. Even if you're not a comic person, it's a good thing. Um, and if you want to support the show, you can also do so. Um, I am actually writing some short stories for the J.R. Hanley Presents anthologies um, that Three Ravens is putting out. I figure if my name's on it, I ought to have a story in it. I mean, I think that's kind of understood. But um, in addition to that, if you want to support the show, I'm going to throw this back up there. We are now, like we said, we are affiliates with uh, Coffee Brand Coffee. You can get it uh, in K-Cups, ground or unground. Uh, they've got mugs and merchandise. They sell coffee, teas, chocolates, candies. Um, you know, the blueberry cobbler is one of their standards. They, like I said, the candy. Uh, but if you wanted to support the show, that is one way to do it. We get a little bit of a kickback. Uh, and if we sell enough, they'll actually send us free samples. So that's always a plus. Uh, they for do Nick have and cocoa, too. Yeah. I'm not a huge cocoa person, but uh, I'm curious Just about this. Cinnabon, I am. Sign me up. Yeah, so the link will be in the comments, uh, in the show notes. The uh, coupon code for us to get that 5% off is podcast grunts, all one word, because we're on a podcast and we are both grunts. And Stabby puts up with us, so she just gets kind of roped in. But we are podcast grunts to get a discount. Um, So it it helps us help. You know, you can also support the show more directly at buymeacoffee.com slash author J.R. Hanley, buymeacoffee.com slash author J.R. Hanley, where you can uh, put in the comments section that is for the podcast, and we will keep uh, buying actual coffee brand coffee for Nick and Stabby and myself, and we will drink until the coffee pours out of our eyeballs. That is our goal. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be like a horror movie. It's almost like we're possessed by something paranormal. Um, see what I did there? Coffee. Did? Yeah, coffee. Ooh, a coffee ghost. Like the ghost dies, and he's just looking for the perfect cup of coffee, but he never got to finish it. <laughs> the sniper got him right before he's about to take that sip, and he just can't, until he gets that coffee, he can't go to heaven. I just had the vision of Elf. When he goes inside and he's like, congratulations on the world's best cup of coffee. 
That is awesome. That is awesome. Okay. So uh, I forgot, but we're, we're going to have to do this like we're professionals, Nick. So we're going we're gonna to adjust on the fly. But Terry, how can listeners find you on the wild, wild interwebs? Uh, most commonly on Facebook, Terry K. Job. Uh, a lot of pictures of cats on there. <laughs> My fur babies. That's okay. Cats need love too or made into food, whatever. Send the hate mail to Madam Stabby. I set that one up just perfectly. Now she's taking the food crowd. That is a fine meal. I will forward all of those emails right back to JR. Go ahead and send them to me. I don't mess with cats because uh, they're links to the underworld. Fair, fair. They can, they can right. walk both is, sides. I leave them alone. Two in the same room in the echo of God. This is why they have to be on mute. All right, Terry. Oh, Terry, you already said. Jana, where can they find you on the internet? They can find me at www.opalkingdompress.com. That is my own little imprint, and that way I can keep all of my personalities sorted out. And from there, they can find books and all sorts of other fun stuff. They offered her therapy once at one of the publishers she works with, Three Ravens, but she said she liked the insanity. It was comfortable, so I'm she was not interested. Every single minute that some people are uncomfortable with it, I'm I'm really grateful for me, myself, and I. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're enjoying the crazy, why why change? Exactly. Although you know you were in trouble when your therapist says, "Jr., I read that last story you just published. Do we <laughs> talk about something?" Hey, writing like, is therapy, yeah, man. Exactly. I'm like, you know, I'm still here. I didn't do the things in the story. We're good. All right. You can find us, dear listener, on our link tree where we link all of the things. L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E. L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E. Link tree slash Blasters and Blades podcast. Again, link tree slash Blasters and Blades podcast. We link to all the things. The bit shoot, the rumble, the Twitter, the email, Stabby's email, Stabby's Insta, and Twitter, where she does all the tweets. Are they tweets now or are they X's? Are you Xing? I still tweet. Yeah, we're going to call it tweets because that sounds less weird. Uh, and our Facebook group where all the shenanigans happen. So if you look up our podcast, all of it, if you notice, is conveniently bland, conveniently branded as Blasters and Blaze Podcast. We make it very easy to find us because we like your Most Patreon. of the time. Most uh, and, and then more directly, uh, right now our website is anchor.fm slash blasters, tack and tack blades. Again, anchor.fm slash blasters dash and dash blades where you can help support the show there too for as little as 99 cents a month you can help keep the lights on uh all of these things help the uh sponsorships that we do the commercials they're actually free to the authors we just try to pimp indie authors we like and small press authors we like so it really is your patronage dear listeners dear viewers over on the website the buy me a coffee and now coffee brand coffee that helps us pay the overhead of this podcast and we greatly appreciate it so with that being said, thank you for spending some of your precious time with us. For my certifiably crazy co-hosts, I am J.R. Hanley, and this was the Blast Surgeon Blades podcast. We'll be back next week at the same time where we'll indulge our love of nerd culture, cheesy jokes, and all things that go boom. Boom! There, we just mess with their radios. All right, thank you for coming on, Terry and Jana and Jenna and Stabby and Stabby Jr. <laughs> So much fun. So much fun. All the funs. And now I'm going to hit the out button before I embarrass myself.